0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You can be seated. This week I was in the car with uh, one of our kids and I've been doing a lot of chauffeuring this week because they're they're out of school. So. and uh, So I was in the car with one of our kids and his friend and his friend said, Uh, We were talking about Christmas, and his friend said, you know, sometimes Christmas is a letdown. He said, you know, there's this big build-up to the big day, and of course, in our culture, that starts, what, after Halloween now? (laughs) In the stores? Big build-up, and it just goes on and on and on, and he's like, there's this big build-up to the big day, and then it's over. And he said, and now this is a kid's perspective, and he said, sometimes, you know, you're expecting a certain gift and you don't even get the gift that you expected and he just said you know it can be a letdown now that christmas is over now of course as anglicans we know we're in christmas tide right and so we we have many several more sundays to celebrate what the gift of christ means but for the culture and, and even for us the big day it is over. And again, for a kid, and I remember feeling this sometimes, it's, it's sort of like, oh, it's sort of a letdown. But as adults, as you get older, maybe it's more of a, ah, we got through it. <laughs> so, wherever you're at on that, and maybe you had a joyous, perfect Christmas, and God bless you if you did. But uh, wherever you're at on that, you know, if we really understand the, the gift that God has given us in His Son, Jesus Christ, it will never be a letdown. And it will never be one of those things we want to get over. Uh, Because when we understand in our mind and in our heart uh, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, it can amaze us, encourage us, challenge us, captivate us every day of the year for the rest of our life. And that's really what we're called to to do as, as Christians is to continue to reflect on The meaning of Jesus for our life and for the world. And when we do that, it is captivating. Well, in our gospel reading, Luke chapter two, I want to focus on these two characters here. uh, Simeon and Anna. That encounter the Christ child because they get it. They really get the significance. They don't know everything, of course, about Jesus. We know more about Jesus than they did. But they understand the great significance of this Christ child. And uh, I think they're great models for us, especially as we think about turning the page on another calendar and, and uh, 2018 um, is, is right on the doorstep, a new year. Anna and Simeon are great models for us of what it looks like to live a God-centered, Christ-centered, hope centered life hope 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 centered on God and and his redemption so I think there's some lessons here for us as we look at this story Um, Mary and Joseph are in Jerusalem at this point they're going to the temple to uh, fulfill their obligation according to the law the Old Testament law of Moses and that involved you can look at it here in your text it involved purification for Mary verse 22 when the time of came for their purification according to the law of Moses. There was, according to the Old Testament law, a purification rite that woman had to undergo after childbirth. So that was part of the reason they came to Jerusalem to the temple, to undergo this purification rite. That's a Leviticus uh, chapter 12. And then they brought him up to Jerusalem, that is Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. He was the firstborn male, and so there was a dedication to the Lord that happened with the firstborn male. And that typically happened at age... Uh, 40 days. So Jesus is is just over uh, a a month old as an infant. And so that's what they were doing. And then they were presenting sacrifices. Verse 24, To offer sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So they are there to fulfill the law of the Lord. And that's significant. Uh, Luke, rather, wants us to understand that they performed everything according to the law of the Lord. That's in verse 29. For themselves and for Jesus. So even here in in Jesus' infancy, we see that He fulfilled the law of God with the help of His parents at this point in His life. Jesus fulfilled the requirements of God. He fulfilled God's righteous law. And that's significant for us because From beginning to end, he lived a life of perfect obedience to God in our place. We don't fulfill the law perfectly. I don't think too many people here would be willing to say, I've done everything that God requires. Well, Jesus has done that in our place. And so that's what they're there for, to fulfill the law. And while they're in the temple with baby Jesus, they encounter Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna are elders of the faith of the Jewish faith. They are uh, people who represent the best of Jewish piety at this time. And so I want to look at them as an example for us to think about as we head into 2018 models of God centered, Christ centered people. So first of all, I want us to consider their devotion to God, their desire for Christ, their devotion towards God and their desire for Christ the Messiah. Let's look at some of these descriptions here. Verse 25 is a description of Simeon. There was a man in Jerusalem, it says, whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. To say that he was righteous in this context meant that he, he, he sought to obey the law of the Lord. Now, unlike Jesus, he didn't do it perfectly because he was a mere man. But Simeon was no religious hypocrite. He was no religious pretender. He had a reputation for being a righteous man who sought to obey God's law out of fear of God, out of reverence for God. And that's what that term devout captures, a sense of this is somebody who reverences God, who fears God, who wants to obey God. God is Central to his life. And it says he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. That expression means in essence, he's waiting for the Messiah. He's waiting for the king that God is going to send for the people of Israel. So his hopes are pinned on the promises of God. And he's looking for Christ. He's looking for the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit is upon him. So that's Simeon, a picture of a man whose life whose hopes are centered on God and is looking for the Messiah, looking for Christ. And then we meet this woman um, a little bit later on in verse 36, a prophetess, Anna, an elderly woman who uh, was advanced in years, Luke tells us. And then he says in verse 37, get this, she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer, Night and day. I don't think that means that she literally spent the night in the temple and lived there. But she was the kind of person that if you showed up to the temple in Jerusalem with your sacrifice, you were going to probably see Anna. You know, it's like Anna is always there. Anna is always praying. Anna is always seeking God. She's a person of prayer and fasting. She's devoted to God. So these are two people. Who, as they were drawing near to God. God was drawing near to them. As their spirit was going out to God in prayer, as they were reaching out to God in prayer, God's spirit was descending upon them. These were people who, through their piety and through their devotion, had become close friends of God. And God blessed them to see the Messiah on this day. They were in tune with the spirit of God. They were in tune with what God was doing in the world. And so God opened their eyes to see that this was no ordinary baby. How many other people walked past Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus? How many other people in the temple walked past their Messiah? Had no idea who this baby was. But because Anna and Simeon were in tune with the Lord and they were devoted to the Lord and they desired to know God, they were blessed with this, with this privilege of meeting the Messiah, knowing who Jesus was. And so one question I think we can go into the new year is, and this is a question for me as well, is how strong is my desire to get close to God? How strong is my desire to know God, to become a deeper friend of God? how can i cultivate more of this desire in my life are there practices are there disciplines are there habits that i need to bring into my life so that i can be more god-centered more christ-focused in my in my life in 2018 uh there's a christian thinker named jamie smith and he's got a book called desiring the kingdom and jamie smith says we are as human beings we are what we love uh we are first and foremost lovers. Yes, we're thinkers and yes, we use our reason and that's an important part of who we are. But ultimately, we are moved by our desires. And that's why sometimes you see really smart people doing really dumb things and you wonder, what in the world were they thinking? You know, why did that corporate manager, manager who has a pretty nice lifestyle embezzle those funds? Why did that athlete who's reached the pinnacle of his profession why did he take those performance enhancing drugs when he knew the risk you know why did that politician who has a beautiful wife and family get caught up in that sex scandal well it's because sometimes the desires override the reason what were they desiring what were they longing for and and and, and so our desires drive us and what we love, we begin to worship and we begin to sacrifice for. And so the question is, you know, we all have desires and desires are good. God gives, makes us people who are moved by our desires and our loves and our affections. The question is, are they orientated in the right place, to the right person, to the highest good, to the greatest love, to the greatest source of truth? and beauty and that of course is god so underneath this piety let's not just say oh here are some people who you know they they were disciplined and they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and and they just wanted to to demonstrate how righteous they were no they had a desire to know god and and that encourages me that challenges me as i go into 2018 that question do i desire god and what do i need to do to cultivate this desire They were waiting for God to break into their time and place with the Messiah. And then they meet, they're privileged to meet the Messiah. They're privileged to meet Jesus as a a baby. And I want to notice the responses to the Christ child here. I want us to notice because I think that what we see here, how they respond to Christ is an example of, A typical, natural response to Jesus when you get it. When you get who Jesus is and His significance for us and for the world. And so what I see here happening here is first of all, worship. Praise to God. We had a whole psalm where all creation was praising God. And we're called to join that song as um, image bearers of God. We're called to join the song of, of praise to God. And that's what we see Simeon and Anna Doing. It says that Simeon uh, blessed blessed God when he took up baby Jesus in his arms. Verse 28, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. And then down in verse 38, talks about how Anna was giving thanks to God. These are people who are overflowing with worship because they understand who Jesus is. I want to focus more on what Simeon says here. As he takes up, look at verse 28. He takes up baby Jesus in his arms. Imagine that as a mother, you know, you're 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 in the temple, you're going about your religious duties, and an old man comes up to you and says, Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let me have that baby. You know, What what? God says I need to, to take up this baby. Uh and so that's that's what happened. And he and he takes the baby up and he blesses God and and let's listen to what Simeon says here. Uh this is part of our This has found its way, Simeon's words, Simeon's songs has found its way into our prayer book in in the evening prayer service. But um, he says, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Verse 26 tells us that by the Holy Spirit, it was revealed to him that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ, before he'd seen this baby. And so now he's he's at peace. How are you at peace before you depart this world? It's when you meet the salvation of God, when you know that you're right with God and you've seen the Savior and he's yours and you can leave this world in peace, knowing that your salvation is secure in God because of his son, Jesus Christ. Now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation. So if this is what he's blessing God for. The, the blessing of God, the praise of God flows from understanding who Jesus is for my eyes have seen your salvation. He's literally looking at baby Jesus in the face and he's saying, I'm seeing the salvation of God in this child. When we see Jesus, we see the salvation that God has provided and we can bless him for it. If we understand who Jesus is, we can thank God that he's revealed this to us. Is salvation in Jesus Christ. My eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Jesus is a light of revelation. The lights come on when you see Jesus. The light comes on about who God is. We, we're not in the dark about who God is. We don't have to wonder or speculate or do philosophical sort of reasoning to understand who God is. We don't have to try to compare other religions and come up with our own version of God. No, it's been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. He is the light of God's revelation of who, of who He is, of what He thinks about us, of what He wants with us. We don't have to guess. We can look to Jesus. We can praise God for that. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And so as Simeon is saying this, no, he's got the baby in his arms. Mary and Joseph just handed their baby over. People walking past. Everybody's busy about their business. And then he stops and he, he looks at Mary and he says these sobering words. The tone changes here. And think about this, moms. Think about this. If you were hearing these, these words. Verse 34, Simeon blessed them. And then he looks to Mary, his mother. And says, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. Mm. You know, even as a father, as a parent, when, when your child faces opposition, I, we've had a situation where one of our children was bullied in school. and And that is heart-wrenching. That is gut-wrenching to see your children go through that. And here Jesus is saying to Mary, who understands that this child is the Messiah, but probably doesn't have a framework for understanding that the Messiah is going to suffer. And he's just told her, your baby, who is God's promise of salvation, is going to be opposed. And a sword is going to pierce your own sore soul also. It's going to go right into you, Mary. And the hearts of many people are going to be revealed by this child. This child is God's litmus test. This child is God's litmus test for where I'm at spiritually. How we respond to this child is an indicator of where we're at spiritually with God. Will we receive the light or will we live in darkness? Will we receive the salvation or continue to come up with our own versions of salvation? The hearts of many people will be revealed in this baby, Mary, and your own soul is going to be pierced by a sword. That's a foreshadowing, a prophetic foreshadowing, I think, of what's to come at the cross. Because at the foot of the cross, Mary is going to be there, and she's going to see her son die on the cross, and that opposition is going to grow to such an extent and become so fierce. That that's where it's going to lead. It's going to lead to the foot of the cross for Mary, and so that's that's a sobering, sobering um, tone here, sobering note in Simeon's Simeon's song. But we know more than probably Simeon did at the time, and more than even Mary, we know that that suffering that Christ voluntarily went through is the means of our salvation. And so we can praise Christ and we ought to praise Christ and glorify Him that that He did that, that He offered His life in our place. And of course, that's what we do every Sunday at the Eucharist. We glorify God for the sacrifice of His Son we give praise and glory to Jesus, the Lamb that was slain for us. Now think about this. Think about this. The structure of the Gospel of Luke. Here we are at the beginning of Luke and Jesus, as a baby, is brought into the temple with Mary and Joseph and they're bringing a sacrifice along with Jesus, who is going to be the ultimate sacrifice. They go into the temple because the temple is where God's holy presence dwells and you can't get into. You don't have access to the presence of God. You can't have a relationship with this holy God apart from sacrifice. And so that's what they're there to do. That's the beginning of the gospel of Luke temple, Jesus, sacrifice, holy presence of God. End of the gospel of Luke. Jesus is on the cross. Mary is there. Jesus is the sacrifice. And Luke says, at that moment, just before he died, what happened? The veil of the temple was rent. It was torn in two. The veil that separates people from God's most holy presence is over. Because that separation is over. No longer is there a need for a sacrifice, no longer is there a need for a temple. We are now sons and daughters of God who can be brought into His presence. As Paul says in our epistle reading, we've been given a spirit of adoption. We're this close to God where we can cry out, Abba, Father. How is that possible? Through the work of Jesus Christ. And so when we get that, and when we understand that and experience that spirit of adoption in our hearts and our souls, the natural response is to do what Sumi and Anna did, which is to praise God and to worship. Him. And so one goal that I have, a one hope that I have for 2018 for our church is a renewal of worship at Church of the Resurrection. A renewal of worship that is connected to this deep understanding and experience of all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. We we are worshipers here at Church of the Resurrection. We are good at worshiping God, at singing the songs and praying and and we treasure the Eucharist and the preaching of God's word. I'm praying that there would be a renewal of that and a strengthening of that so that when people come in from the outside, they sense these people are really in love with God. They take God so seriously out of love because they they really believe that God demonstrated this great love for them um, in His Son, Jesus Christ. I think that'll be very compelling to people coming from the outside. It'll glorify God. It'll fill and refresh our souls. So that's one thing. I hope you join with me in praying for a renewal of worship based on a deeper understanding or maybe a refresher in our spirits of who Christ is, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. One more thing I want to notice in the response. This This is what Anna does. Primarily, it's about what Anna does here Verse 38, briefly, I just want to mention this. It says, look at what it says, that she began to speak of him. She began to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. That is another natural response to encountering Christ, a desire to speak of him, to speak about him. And she's speaking about Jesus to other people, like-minded people, who are waiting for the Messiah to come, the redemption to come. And so, may 2018 be a year where we, as the body of Christ, encourage one another by speaking of Him, by talking about Jesus to one another. When we visit one another, let's share what Christ has done for us. When we talk with one another, let's share what God is teaching us about Christ through the study of His Word. In our homes and in our families, let's pray for one another to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's share what we want Christ to do in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. Let's talk more about Jesus. That's basically what I'm saying here. (laughs) Let's be people who are known, not in a pious, syrupy way, but people who whose lives as individuals in a community is centered on Christ and it's just natural to talk about Him. Now, there was uh, a member of our church who told me one time she (laughs) she went to a church. She was visiting. uh, This was before she uh, was here. I don't remember how many years ago she said it was, but she went to a church and she went to their Sunday school and she started, they were talking about I don't know what exactly they were talking about, but she wanted to talk about Jesus and she mentioned something about Jesus. And they said afterwards, she noticed it was kind of a chilly tone. And afterwards, the Sunday school teacher said, we don't talk about Jesus here. This was a church. This was a Sunday school. Well, what do you talk about? You know, because they'd lost their focus. They had lost who Christ really was. They had lost what it was all about. And so... uh May we speak, may 2018 be a year of speaking up for Jesus among ourselves and then sharing Him with people who are outside of the household of faith. People who are not in the light, but in the darkness. So, friends, just as Simeon and Anna were led by the Spirit, to God-centered devotion, to worshiping God for who He is and what He's done in Christ, speaking about Him. May God lead us to renewed passion, renewed worship, and renewed witness because of who Christ is. Let's pray. Lord, I do pray that You will help us as as a church, as a community, to be renewed in these things. We thank You for the gift of Your Son, Jesus Christ. And um, I pray that you will help us all to think, think about ways that we can, practices maybe that we can develop or um, add to our daily routines uh, that will help us to, to become even more God-centered and Christ-focused in our life. To pin more of our desires and hopes on you. You are the hope of the world, the light of the world, and help us to be filled with that light and share that with other people. We pray in Jesus' name, for His sake. Amen. Amen. Let's receive.